Konnichiwa. And howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. And this week, per usual, we're talking a bit of sumo history and also a bit of modern day sumo. So this week, there were two retirement ceremonies in the sumo world, and we thought it might be a really good time to review the career of one of those men who retired. So Leslie is going to be visiting the life and the career of Amanishki. And if you're relatively new to sumo, you might not know who he is and why he's so beloved. So that's what Leslie's going to do. And I'm going to jump into the modern day world of sumo and discuss the career and background of Hokuto Fuji. But first, news flash. Well, with Japan opening its borders, I hope some of you will be getting over to Japan in the near future. And if you do go see some sumo, good news is the Hakaho exhibition has been extended for a little while longer at the Sumo Museum. I think it's at the Kokugikan. I'm 99.9% sure it's at Kokugikan. So make sure and uh, go see that because I'm sure that's going to be kind of fun to see. So they're keeping it open for all of us who will be over there in no time. Go see see all those trophies. That's right. Koto Shogiku's retirement ceremony will be held on October 1st, and I believe the tickets are on sale now. Oh. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. And get this, all visitors who bring their tickets will receive a free NFT, non-fungible token. Oh, I did see this. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like cool. Very modern. Very modern. He said he wanted to take on new initiatives while respecting tradition. And each non-fungible token is engraved with a serial number. So it is unique to you. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah. Wonder what it's going to look like. I don't know. Hopefully he's having someone design it right now. Hopefully it's some cool artwork. Yeah. It's a great idea. And you can put it on your computer and look at it forever. That's right. That's how they work, right? I don't know. (laughs) Right? But maybe I just don't understand NFTs. But it's yours, and it's unique That's to you. Right. That's right. And on the jag of haircutting ceremonies, uh, if you all remember, Toyonoshima had his haircutting ceremony, and he's been retired since 2018. And he said after he got his haircut this last weekend that they cut his hair, and he was like, uh, I still feel like it's there. <laughs> Like he has phantom phantom (laughs) hair. hair. Yeah. He said kind of like with a sad look, but with the realization that his hair was gone, he was like, oh, I really am done with this because he's been retired since 2018, really. So he's been well into his retirement with sumo hair. Yeah. So all of the ceremonies this weekend, and I'll get to Amanishki's here in a minute, but they were all touched with a tinge of sadness and sweetness, but like... And goofiness. And goofiness, but his little girl read a letter aloud to him, and that's like what... The the sweetness of that little letter was what really brought the tears to his eyes. And this was really interesting as I was kind of looking up Toyonoshima as well, because I just, you know, by the time I was really watching again and again over and over all these sumo tournaments, he had just retired, or he was in Jurio, or I just wasn't... He wasn't on my radar as much Mm -hmm. and so it was nice i always see him around and about but Mm -hmm. you're like "Ah, i didn't really see him in his prime because he retired you know yeah but one interesting thing about him is that in his retirement he's going to continue his work for epilepsy and awareness because he was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was in elementary school really and believe it or not he had uh seizures first grade second grade third grade And he also, when he went and joined the stable, he had to train everyone at the stable 
to be able to step in should he have an epileptic seizure. And he did when he was 21 years old. And all the guys in the stable helped do everything correctly as they had been shown to do and got him in an ambulance and, you know, made sure that he was well taken care of and uh, because he was unconscious. And so he is going to continue in his retirement working on awareness for that. And I think that that's really cool. Also, you know, he was warned growing up about his career that he wanted, you know, he wanted to be a sumo wrestler. Mm -hmm. And so that affected the way he wrestled. And then I was like, oh, I want to go back and look at how he would approach Tachi eyes and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just really interesting reading about that. So um, he also has a book called, uh, this is translation, Seven Rolls and Eight Ups. <laughs> Seven Rolls and Eight Ups. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Huh. That's the translation. I'm sure it's called something else, but it's his autobiography. So that should be on shelves soon. And um, yeah, that's something to look forward to. But now let's step into the real meat of our podcast, Amanishki. As some of you have seen this weekend, there's been lots of pictures between the Toyonoshima haircutting ceremony and the Amanishki's haircutting ceremony. And by the way, I'm not really calling them by their Oyakata name today. I mean, yeah. I should. Toyonoshima is Izutsu and Amanishki is Ajigawa, Oyakata. But I'm just going to call them Amanishki for this for this little bit. But he had a ceremony where over 350 people were cutting his hair and it had been postponed for three years. And of course, his ceremony was very moving and, you know, tears flowing, new haircuts. It's the whole deal. And he said in his speech that my life was a life where I did as much sumo as I liked and he was really, really happy. And so he takes a new step into, well, he has been on the step of becoming an Oyakata and being an Oyakata, but he says he will do his best for the Sumo Association from now on and hoping to open a Sumo stable this summer. So that's a brand new one. A brand new one. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he had letters from kids. I mean, Chris Sumo did a nice little breakdown of it, and I was able to watch 10 minutes of kind of highlights from his ceremony. But there were letters from his kids that were sweet, flowers. There was the comedy, you know, demonstration of how not to do sumo, uh, you know, haircutting. Isagahama, who was his oyakata, mm -hmm. cut the last piece. And uh, there was a Yokozuna belt tying demonstration. There was Tedanofuji versus Mitakiyumi, where Tedanofuji lifted up on Mitakiyumi and walked him out as if he was Enho. And I was just like, oh, I'm glad this is a little bit of a, you know, exhibition match, but I'm very worried about your back after that. Kaisei also did a little bit of a, you know, there were some matches here and there and he fell on a guest in the audience. And then when Kaisei- I bet they loved it. No, it was hilarious because he tried to help him up, you know, more than he normally would during a real tournament because yeah. it's like sumo people down there. Yeah. But this was guests, I think. And, and he- put his hands out to grab, you know, let me help you back up. And the guy was like, swatted his hands away. He was like, yeah, leave me alone. Ah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, so that did make me giggle. And also they gave away a diamond necklace by lottery at the end of the whole thing. Some woman got a diamond necklace. Nice. So get those tickets to Kota Shokiku. Who knows what they'll give away at that one. Was his ceremony the one that had uh, the opera singer 
That fabulous opera singer? I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh, I don't it was know. in one of theirs, and I don't know well, who it is. Well, but... he, he is known as having, like, a real interest in arts, so it may have been. Okay. He had kabuki people. He had all kinds of people cutting his hair. So I think he, as a person, really enjoys the arts, and so that makes sense. But I also could be wrong. Who knows? Toya Noshima could have been like, I love opera. I remember two things that stood out for me just from the footage that I watched of his. And I think it was his where that woman was singing. It, one, it was just so nice to see a woman on the doyo because we never get to see that. I, they allowed it? I, that's why I was amazed. She was on the red carpets. Either it was a man who has a very high soprano voice or it was a woman with tremendous, this tremendous gray hair that stood straight up on the top and was very domineering, gorgeous, gorgeous soprano. So I don't know. Great. We're, we're leaving you with information that's we right. don't know. Look it up. Well, let's jump into a little bit of his career because the ceremony was wonderful. I missed him in his prime, you know, his prime years where he was constantly hanging out at Sekiwake and Komusubi. He actually did that all throughout his career, but it was pretty much 2007, 2008, 2006, those years. And we weren't watching him in his prime then because we just weren't. It wasn't on TV. So his career was astonishing in that it was 16 years in the upper top division. And prior to that, he started in 97 and he made it to Makauchi in 2000. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of reminds me a lot of Tamawashi, but Tamawashi probably doesn't have the accolades that he does. He was just kind of the definition of a rank and filer for an incredible amount of time. I wouldn't even call him a rank and filer. I would call him like Sanyaku for a lot of his career or edging up there. You know, if he wasn't in Sanyaku, he was always hanging out at the top, a real competitor for the guys who are Yokozunas and Ozeki, somebody you really fear. So it took him a while to get there. But once no, he got there, I mean, it took him three years to get to Makauchi. That's it. And he stayed for 16. Plus, after that, two more of Jirio, and then he still bumped back up and, and down. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that. His name, when he was born, is Ryuji Suginomori. He is 43 years old now, but he retired at 40, I believe. He's about six foot and a half, I'd say. And he, you know, wrestled somewhere between 315, 335, somewhere in there. And he was at the Isigahama stable. Now, one thing that people may know or may not know is that his father, I believe, is the cousin of the current Isigahama. And that is who did his the last clipping of his hair mm -hmm. is his Oyakata. But it's actually his dad's cousin. They have the same last name. And when Terunofuji became a Japanese citizen, he also chose the last name of Suginomori. Mm. So there's a lot of Suginomoris. And so he also comes from a sumo family. His grandfather was a wrestler for Dewanaumi stable. And his older brother, Asofuji, preceded him. And he also wrestled. And he was in the top division, but uh, <laughs> he had a little run-in with match fixing, so he didn't stay for very long. Mm, yeah, yeah. But his, his older brother was there and I believe did a little bit of singing for his ceremony. Um, oh, during the ceremony. Yeah. Could yeah. it have been his brother with a tremendous gray hair singing? No, soprano? This, no, this guy was in a suit. <laughs> okay, no, it was not. <laughs> no. No, no, no. He was in a suit. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, he was born October 3rd, 1978. And 
he started in sumo. And I imagine if your family is sumo related, you get started pretty early. And he did. He uh, wrestled in earnest from elementary school. And he actually joined the a sumo club in his first grade. So he got started early. Mm. You know, I think he had a similar path to everybody else where you do sumo all throughout school and then you join a stable. Mm -hmm. That's what you do. So he did. And it made perfect sense because he's got a relative at Isigahama, which is a great stable and, you know, it's a great place to be. That's where he joined. And now Amanishiki, as far as the wrestler himself goes, he preferred to work on the belts rather than pushing and stuff. But, you know, he specialized a lot in throwing and tripping techniques. And so he was one of the few wrestlers to really use the sotogake, which is the outer leg leg trip a lot. And he used it like 18 times or more in his career. And he used a lot of uwatanage to win. He was a badass. I like to call him a badass rank and filer. I think he was sekewake for like six Bashos, Komasubi 2, a lot. And like some of these hard line guys who are like, I'm not quitting, he really did hang on for an absurd amount of time, you mm. know? And all the while, he had, I think, a right knee injury that would have taken him, I think, out of the mix, you know? But he was like, no in a lot of ways, I'll just continue to fight on. And mm -hmm. in the same way, maybe Terunofuji does, mm -hmm. is that. No, I'm going to just keep going. I love doing this. So he was actually the oldest man at 39 years old to bump back up into Makauchi again. So the oh, last two years, he was like sitting in Jurio a lot, but he would still crush it in Jurio and make a bump back up. Still he getting has, paid. Still getting paid. And he has oodles and oodles of technique prizes, fighting spirit prizes, like outstanding performance prizes. The guy is a really decorated veteran. So I'm excited to see what he does with having his own stable. And um, he was fighting in the Hakaho era. Yeah. So it's pretty impossible <laughs> to win yeah, to he... win a basho with Hakaho yeah. and so many other Yokozuna but there. But he had a lot of Kimboshi. Yeah. He really could take down a Yokozuna. But he also, interestingly enough, it, he used the Henka or sidestep a lot, which hmm. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He beat Hakaho in March 2008 by Henka. <laughs> oh, I bet Hago did not like that at all. Yeah, he didn't. But, you know, if you all see like the knee braces and stuff, by the way, he was he was fighting with he was the first guy to bring out those massive knee braces. So mm. he, he started a trend there. Okay, trendsetter. Trendsetter. Also, it, this was earlier on in his career to note that in 2003, he beat Yokozuna. Speaking of Yokozunas, he beat Takanohana and... And the very next day, Takanohana retired. <laughs> so he put the nail in the Ooh. coffin of Takanohana's career. How would you like to be that guy? Well, I don't know. Maybe you do want to be that guy. Yeah. No, I made him retire. Maybe that's his claim to fame. He or Takanohana was like, I got beat by this young kid. <laughs> well, he'd been in Makuchi for three years. So, you know, he's like, all right, maybe it's my time to go. But it seems the more I watch Sumo, the more I understand that it is the life cycle of most of these guys. They rarely, like Hakaho, go out on top. They tend to hang on as long as they can until injury bumps them out of Jurio. And then they kind of die this quiet career death and then move on to 
uh, awesome career in coaching, but sometimes you kind of see, don't see the star fade because you're not watching Jurio as much, you know? And mm-hmm. so he did kind of the same. The injuries towards the end of his career were overwhelming. He couldn't hang on in Jurio. And once that happened, then he retired. He was oh, like, it's time, it to, time to move on. Yeah. yeah. Here's some fun stuff. Great. His hobbies are driving. Drive it. Now, see, this is a question about Japan. Most people don't drive in Japan, I would assume. But tell me if I'm wrong. If you're in Ho- Tokyo or someplace like that, well, I would uh, think most people aren't driving. Well, I mean, but I don't I, know. All, all, all my friends did. Oh, they did? Yeah, a lot of my friends did. Okay, so maybe I'm wrong. But I just uh, picture but whenever you New have York a robust, City. you know, subway system, right? You know, and and public transit. Yeah, you tend to have more people that don't. But uh, but maybe I'll, he's got I don't know a and huge after he Jeep retired, Wrangler in maybe the back. After he retired, he was like, "All I want to do is drive, baby, yeah. drive." So he's been driving. He likes to play golf and watches movies. His favorite foods are wine and champagne. Well, it sounds <laughs> like food. you two should be hanging out. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I know. And um, but get this, he does not like plums. <laughs> He will not do plums. He Say, does not like plums. This, I love plums. I love pluots. I love apricot plums. Wait, I fresh like, ones or uh, the fermented like, ones? Because Hoax to Fuji doesn't like the fermented ones. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. We have two we plum two, haters. Two, two plum this, haters. Ep- this episode should, <laughs> should be, be titled Plum, plum haters. haters of Sumo. <laughs> 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 oh, anyway. He also, this is why I think I might be kind of aligned with this man. He said in recent years, he's been enthusiastic about online shopping. (laughs) I'm picturing him now in front of the computer with With a glass of champagne. champagne. I know. I'm like, he's my kind of dude. Just on Amazon shopping at night. He said said in bad times, cardboard arrives every day. <laughs> from Amazon or whatever, you know, whatever online shopping platform he's using. But he said he he was not a fan of eating vegetables, but his diet has improved after he got married. So good on her. Okay. She introduced some veggies. Yes. He's also a poet. He he likes um poetry. Yeah. And and he has written some of his own poetry. He says he's also addicted to Thai food. Me too. I know. Me too. So champagne. Thai food. Thai food. I think that makes for Online a great shopping. Mix. We could definitely hang. We could definitely hang with. Poet. Yes. He's very. I'm picturing him now in a beret. I know. At beatnik well, weekends at I the know. coffee house. And by the way, I, I think I took all of that information from like, I think it was the Japanese Wikipedia, like straight down the list. But they're the only ones who give you the real things. They're like, he's A positive. You know, they give you all the good stuff. Although I do love it when I find Japanese fan sites mm-hmm. about these sumo wrestlers, mm-hmm. because there's always some really interesting jags on there too. Oh, yeah. There, well, one that you all may remember is when, this was May 2021, when it was in the news that Amanishki is out. He, he escaped from someone's apartment. <laughs> it was like, he's out. He's, Wait a minute. No. This is a whole different story. <laughs> no. no, he escaped someone's apartment. And, and this was like during a Basho and everyone was like, where's Amanishki? Where's Amanishki? Well, Amanishki was a python someone's pet python oh, named yes, amanishki yes. but it was all over twitter where everyone find amanishki and he's like uh i'm here i'm i'm here Just i've been here the champagne yeah. and he said i have not escaped i'm 
time here. So anyway, after he retired, though, he has been busy getting his sports science degree, master's degree, mm-hmm. and that will help him in his future plans to, you know, open up a doyo. Now, he is married and he has three kids and that the little boy was the one who was with him in the matching Kesho Mawashi that he was walking all around the doyo oh, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Just the cutest little thing you've ever seen. So... That's my little highlight on Amanishki. He seems like he would be a very friendly, really easy to get to know guy. Yeah. Like when you look at him, you just sense there's a guy that's friendly and easy going. He has happy eyes. Hmm. So I wish him well in his career and uh, in the next chapter. But let's talk about the first chapter of a sumo career with Hokuto Fuji. Oh, yes. Nice transition. Yes. The first chapter. I'm here to tell you everything you ever wanted to know about Hokuto Fuji or Daiki Nakamura. Got That's it. his real name. Daiki. Or also called Giant Killer <laughs> because of the number of Yokozuna he has defeated. Yes. Also called The Bull because of his way of running headfirst into well, anybody who's anywhere in the ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a big man. Well, really with some of the best pre-match hijinks you will ever see. You see him on the doyo slapping himself, stomping, holding his hand to his forehead, looking at the sky. He's very dramatic. He is very wild, kind of chaotic. He's got that kind of style. He's balding a bit. But when he first arrived in professional sumo, he had a full head of hair and he was on a tear. He was on a streak. So I'm going to tell you more about that, but let me back up and tell you more about his first chapter, okay? Because it will help explain a little bit more about what happened when he got into the sumo world. Basic stats, he's six foot one, taller than I expected. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I thought he'd be like six foot. <laughs> I thought he would be like 5'11 or something like that. I didn't realize he was Well, look at Kakage is like 5'11, right? So he is taller than that. Yeah. But it's confusing because he's bigger. Right. Yeah, he's a big man. 370. That's where he's wrestling wow. now. And he trains. He's in the same heya with Okino Umi, which I didn't realize. So we've got Okino Umi and Hokuto Fuji and Kita Nawaka at that same stable, just so you know who's training together, okay? But little Daiki, who will mm-hmm. become Hokuto Tiny Fuji, Daiki. Tiny Daiki <laughs> is from Saitama, along with Abi and Daisho, mm-hmm. right? All from the same area, mm-hmm. all friends. Mm-hmm. They like to hang out together, mm-hmm. good buddies. I found on a fan site someone interviewed him and he told a story about how when he grew up he was taken care of by his sister who's nine years older than him but that he used to walk off by himself all the time like it would just disappear just wander off and she got to the point it was so bad that his sister would just tie him up on a leash like a dog he had a baby leash he did daiki leash he wouldn't walk off by himself and as a matter of fact when he went shopping with his parents he would again just wander off by himself <laughs> but he after walking for a while on his own he would find like the customer service lost child desk and just say Aww. i am lost i can't find my parents and so his parents just learned to wait for the announcement over the customer service <laughs> announcement to find their kid they just stopped being they just stopped being anxious about their missing <laughs> child and instead just waited for the broadcast to find him again so we know he's a bit of a loner yeah we know he's a bit of a wanderer. Independent spirit. Yes. Yes. Okay. He was born in 1992 and he excelled in sports. 
He was great at soccer. He was great at swimming, but especially well, it's good. It's funny because I'm thinking of his current body shape now, him playing soccer or him swimming. Right, right. <laughs> In a mawashi. Okay, but it's even better because the sport he really excelled at as a child, just guess. Dance? No. Uh... Volleyball? <laughs> Mountainous region that he grew up in. Skiing. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he was... Hokuto Fuji on skis is... in a Mawashi yes. is maybe like... The best image ever, right? Yeah. He was so good. At age three, he was skiing advanced slopes. No poles. No poles, probably in the pizza pie, going down the blacks. <laughs> yes, moguls left and right, crushing Isn't it. That just I the hate best kids that are so good at skiing. I just love that image I of do him. Too. I really do. So he was great at sports as a kid. He's another one of those that started sumo in elementary school, both at his school and also at a local sumo club. He started in his fourth year in elementary school. So I don't know if that's third grade or fourth grade. Mm. I don't know. He says he was really weak when he started, but he became the strongest kid there by the end of his fifth year. So, in short, we know as a kid that he was fearless, he liked speed, and he got strong fast. Right. And he was a loner. Yeah. <laughs> Very independent. Yeah. Yeah. Things that make you willing to go your own route. Yeah. Yeah. In junior high, he kept with the sumo. He also started to do judo. And he was so good at both sports that he competed and he won competitions in both of those worlds. But the schedule started to conflict. Oh, and he had to pick. He did. He had to pick because he started missing competitions because he was trying to go back and forth and back and forth. Like, for example, he would win the city judo tournament, but then he would win three prefectural sumo competitions at row. So he was like, yeah, I got to specialize. I got I got to choose. And yay for us. He chose sumo. sumo. By high school, he was all sumo all the time. He became high school Yokozuna at Saitama. Uh, yeah, which is a powerhouse yes. sumo high school. Yes. That I know. Then he enrolled in college. And by his second year in college, he won the East Japan Student Sumo Individual Weight Championship and the National Student Sumo Championship. And he continued to win all these sumo championships all the way through college, not entering the sumo world. He was one of those. He followed his parents' advice. Yeah, stay in school. Stay in school, buddy. Do sumo in school. And if you want to do it after you graduate, then of course. Right. Go for it. And that's basically what he did. Yeah. So he's not one of those kids that entered the sumo world at age 15. No, I re actually remember seeing video footage of his initial exam. And I think he came in along with uh, Mitaki Yumi. They both had short hair. I was like looking at a video and being like, oh, who is that? Oh, that's Hokuto Fuji with, with hair. With hair. And then <laughs> Mitaki Yumi with short hair. Yeah. So I think, yeah, um, he came in a little bit older. His family name when he came into the sumo world was already taken. Oh. Unfortunately, there was Oyakata that was going by the name Nakamura Oyakata, so he couldn't use it. So instead, he went with his first name, Daiki. So he was known as Daiki yeah. in the beginning. A lot of people know him as Daiki. Name. It is. It's easy to remember. It's kind of like lightning. 
And what really took me by surprise doing this research, he rose up so fast yeah. in the ranks. Yeah. Second, I, I want to say when he came in, like everyone had their eye on this guy. For really good reason, yeah. because he was performing really well in yeah. high school and yeah. college. And he had the second fastest rise to Makauchi in modern times. He won the Yusho of Jonidon and then Sandamne both with perfect 7-0 records. He reached the Jurio division in 2016. He won that division in September of the same year. He did not lose until he got to Makauchi. So in other words, he did not experience a Makikoshi in the sumo world until he got to Makauchi division. Wow. Isn't that astounding? Yeah. I mean, it just shows you how good he was when he arrived. And still is. Yes, and very much still is. Once he got to the top division, he changed his name to Hokuto Fuji. It's really a combination of many of his stable master's name and his stable master's stable master name. Mm -hmm. That's how he got it. And he was smoking when he got in Makauchi. I mean, really, I did not realize. He did a couple of back-to-back 9-6 records. And then I I said, you know, he got his first Makikochi of his career. Then he posted a 10-5. Record and the next four tournaments in a row, he earned four Kimboshi, beating Kakuryu, Harama Fuji. He was a, a runner up to Hakaho in November 2017. He went on to beat Kisena Sato, winning a technique prize. He was so hot. Yeah. He was so hot until he was injured in 2018. Mm hmm. And that was the one, I don't know if y'all remember, but it was a false start with Ryudin and he sustained a concussion. So Mm. he went head first. They bonked heads and he had to pull out the rest of that tournament in 2018. Well, he has a permanent bump on the top of his head. Yeah, that you've noticed. Yeah. I'm like, he is balding, (laughs) but also there's a like permanent scar tissue that just peeks up through his hairline. So maybe that's where it came from. He I don't leads know. with his head. He really does. Every tachiai is a massive blast to a forehead. Yeah, he is unafraid. And no. I think it comes from that skiing background. Well, you have to. If you're going straight down, I've been, unfortunately, <laughs> on a black slope when I did not intend to be. I mean, I mostly experienced the slope on my bottom. But, like, you have to have serious guts when you're looking down a yeah. steep mountain with hills all over it and just be like, I can do this. And without poles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so imagine that kid at three years old doing that down the hill. Yeah. And it, I think it helps to explain his style. Like, yeah. I'm just going to lean forward and I'm going to run forward. Yeah. And I'm going to take people He has down. a need for speed. He does. Which is a great movie I saw this weekend. If anyone <laughs> wants a Top Gun uh, recommendation, watch Top Gun 1 the night before and then watch Top Gun 2. And then you're like, everyone should just go see Top Gun because it's so stupid and just great stupid. So back to Hokuto Fuji. In 2019, he earned his highest rank of Komasubi, which he held in May and November. But uh, since then, in tw- 2020, 2021, and so far into 2022, he has alternated between Makikoshis and Kachikoshis. Just yeah. back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Always in that top division. He rose very quickly to the top, and he has not gone down to Jurio since. He has two technique prizes, seven Kimboshi. He has a stellar record. If you're watching Sumo right now, you know his style. He's a pusher. He's a thruster. He's been going to the belt a little bit more lately. He uh, does those extremely low, deep knee bends whenever he pushes anybody out. The man has style. He is recognizable, and we absolutely love him. But now on 
to more personal information. Oh, good. Which, this is my favorite part. Yeah, really, Fun this facts. is what you need to know, okay? He is married to a woman named Mamie. Cute. Yes, who is an office employee. I love it. And they have one child. They both, get this, love watching musicals. And he even proposed to her in the lobby of The Lion King. Oh, my goodness. Which he loves, and he has seen at least six times. Okay, so now maybe (laughs) I can start sending him musicals, like, on CD or something. (laughs) Like, ones he doesn't have, you know, like, the last five years or something. And just, you know. Can't you just see him at home just being, like... I'm gonna be a mighty king. Let the kingdom yes. roar. Yes, I can. I can. But in Japanese, perhaps. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He loves a Disney musical. I so love I. it. One of his favorite things in the world is, well, beating Mitaki Yumi, right? Because well, you're right. They've been wrestling together yeah. since junior high. Yeah, like a big rivalry there. Yes. He also very much admires Mio Giryu. Because they both attended the same university. And he says that he's got a similar style to Miyogiru. Hmm. But it's, I always think it's nice to know who other people admire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Who, who he's trying to emulate. Yeah. He used to have a lot of stomach aches at 5.30 in the morning before tournaments. Not oh. so much anymore, but it was a pretty stressful thing for him. Well, yeah, if you have nervous diarrhea and you're wearing a mawashi, you can't just quickly take that off and uh, put it right? back on. Right? And we're only saying that because that's Mitakumi's story. <laughs> because I guess both of them has re- have I really mean, how struggled. How do you tell your Tsukibitos, like, quick, 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 unravel me, unravel me, unravel oh, me. Oh, gotta then get out. you gotta put it all right back on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. These are the questions. You suffer through, maybe. Hokuto Fuji also loves darts watching youtube okay singing karaoke oh okay and listening to music although he says it's healing music oh like spa music i don't totally know. get it <laughs> sometimes know. they turn on spa music but with rain also at the same time so it's like spa music and rain right maybe i'll send him another cd of that i i think it might be cd i'll be like though. good luck trying to play this maybe he's <laughs> like agent device maybe he's on pandora and he's like turn on the musical station oh, yeah, maybe i'll make him a playlist yeah I bet he would love it. Okay. He also loves alcohol. Uh, Well. (laughs) But really big caveat here. He does say, from the announcement of the rankings to the final day, even if I'm having a meal with the people involved in the support association, I don't drink a drop of alcohol because I don't want to break the rhythm of life, including sleep time. So good, he good. he drinks sometimes when it's between boss he shows. He really loves it. Booze hound until until the the, the ranking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he's all business. He also really really loves the sauna and he loves shiki theater, which I'm guessing is a kind of kabuki. I didn't actually look that up. Yeah, his favorite foods are sushi and steak. As we said before, strongly dislikes dried salted Japanese plums. Okay. Really does not like them and really does not like spicy food. Oh, well. I think that's hilarious. A big, huge sumo wrestler who does not like spicy food is funny. Well, he has a sensitive stomach. So at 5.30 the next morning, maybe there's a real reason he's doing that for everyone else. (laughs) That's right. Sometimes you pay a price for all that spicy food. I also found a couple of uh, really interesting side notes here. One, he was talking in an interview about self-management and he says... You know, I have the goal 
of being stronger than I was a month ago. And to that end, I have been photographing my body once a month since I was a college student from hmm. the front, back, left, and right. It is said that I am comparing the photos to confirm my degree of growth. Hmm. Nice. Very methodical. Uh, I found on a fan site. Interestingly, it only gave me the answer. Mm. I don't know what the question was. Okay, let's but try I, to guess what, let's they, guess what okay. the question was. You guess what the question was. Okay. Here is Hokuto Fuji's answer. Okay. Sometimes it's black vinegar. Sometimes it's an onion. And sometimes it's a banana. Things that make him gag. That's a great, great idea. Things Who knows? that give you Gas. Uh, power. For the tournament. Oh, that could be vinegar, onion, or banana. Yeah, I would hate to other wrestle things? an oniony smelling wrestler. Oh, maybe it's other things I don't eat during tournaments. Yeah, maybe. And Although, why a... would you not have a banana during Because banana's tournament. great for cramps. Right. It's potassium. It's maybe with potassium. Hmm. I don't know. And the other big question I left after I did my research about Hokuto Fuji was, where did he develop? All of the pre-bout rituals, he does not go into that anywhere that I can find. Because, you know, people do develop those over years and years yeah. and years. And there's got to be a reason behind the look up to the sky and the hand on the forehead. Well, and I just can't can find it. ask our viewers to find as much video of him early on in elementary school, junior high, some of those Ooh. tournaments that he was winning in, and see if there's any photographic evidence of when exactly he started to form his pre-bout ritual. I like to imagine myself going to watch musicals with Hokuto Fuji now, going to the sauna. And I'll Hokuto do some Fuji. online shopping with Aminishki, Aminishki with some champagne on the side. That's right. But no plums. None. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's it for this week. We've got some interviews in the works. Hopefully we'll bring you some of those in the near future. But until later, have a good day, y'all. Bye. Jamata.